0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, nahmaduhu wa nasalli ala Rasooli al-Kareem Amma Allah. Alhamdulillah Tonight is the 9th of December in the year 2023 Alhamdulillah we moved on to the 37th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah. And I'm steadily going through the subsection in which we're taking a glimpse into his incredible worship. And the last thing I mentioned was that he was instructed by our beloved Messenger وسلم, to offer the Salatul Duha, even when he was traveling, he would offer this. And I mentioned some of the virtues, so just a few bullet points. Two rakats salatul duha, all your sins are forgiven even if they are like the form of the sea. It is the prayer of thanks, if you offer two rakats duha, you've thanked for all of the 360 joints. You are not amongst the ghafili, i.e. if you offer two rakats, And then of course the virtues increase when you increase in number. And the last thing I mentioned was the authentic hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said Whoever offers 12 rakats, then Allah the Almighty will build a house for him in paradise. This is in Tabarani in his Kabir Hasan Targhib Sahih. But in another report our beloved messenger clarified ﷺ Whoever offers 12 raqats of duha then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will build for him a palace of gold in paradise. One Whoever offers 12 lakats of duha, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will build for him a palace of gold in paradise. This is in Tirmidhi ibn Majah, al Mishkat, And Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Asqadari r.a stated, Hassan in Istakhriji Mishkat 2-74. So note, the palace is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and its mansion is made of gold. So you should try to offer 12 lakats. And like I mentioned, the minimum is 2 lakats The maximum is 12. And if all of this was not enough virtue, then our beloved messenger also said, the one who offers the duha prayer is then equal to the one who wages jihad in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is recorded in Tabarani. The one who offers the duha prayer is then equal to the one who wages jihad in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you offer two rakats during that duration it's like you're waging jihad. So if you increase or you lengthen the prayer, the longer the period of time you are waging jihad in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note again, the virtues are endless of this blessed prayer. Thus it is equivalent, the scholars say, in reward to the mujahid on the battlefield. It then comes as no wonder to learn that our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha had said, even if my parents are resurrected from death, I would still not leave it. I would offer it first. So this is an Imam Malik's muwatta number 325. So imagine who was Aisha's parents, Abu Bakr Siddiq and Umru Maan whom the Prophet described as a huri of paradise in Ibn Sa'd and Even if somebody told our mother they've come back to life, she was, I would still offer this prayer first. Think about that. I wouldn't rush to see my parents. I would still complete this prayer. So why was she so concerned about it? Because she understood this is a tremendous prayer in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But why should this not come as any surprise? Because our beloved messenger had also said, وسلم, only he is a wab, I truly repentant, who preserves the duha prayer. Subhanallah. Only he is awwab, I truly repentant, who preserves the duha prayer. This is recorded in Tabarani. Hakim in his Mustadrak stated, Sahih. Ibn Khuzayma, Sahih. tarhib Sahih. And Shaykh al-Bani, Rahmatullah, stated Sahih. In As-Sahihah, number 1,994. Thus, it is also called the prayer of the repentant. But the a condition. You regularly pray this prayer. If you regularly pray Salat al-Duha, uh, Allah will give you the tawfiq To repent from all of your sins Think about that It's called Salat al awab as well The Prophet said it's Because this will help you So notice a prayer that will Eradicate all of your sins insha'Allah It is also more rewarding To first perform wudu in one's residence And then offer this salat in the masjid Where one would receive the reward of an umrah SubhanAllah this is recorded in Abu Dawood, number 558 and Shaykh al-Bani stated sahih in Sahih al number 6,556 So this is very interesting The optional prayers are normally more rewarding at home In fact, you get the reward of a Faridh if you offer the optional prayers at home one report mentions in Abu Ya'la The Salat al Duha is different Why that is? Allah knows best Because the Sahih hadith in Abu Dawood says You perform wudu in your dwelling, you go to the masjid to offer salat al-duha, you get the reward of an umrah or you're wearing the ihram for umrah. The same report says whoever performs the wudu in his dwelling and performs the obligatory prayer in the masjid, he's in the ihram for hajj. Mm. So again, the most ideal place to offer salat al-duha is in the masjid again why that is the prophet said it and again we you know we just follow what the prophet says that so note we should rush to offer this truly priceless and most remarkable prayer i.e. <laughs> the mid morning prayer Salatul duha and to crown it off allah the almighty and glorious he swears by duha and is the surah is called surah duha where in the very first verse allah subhanahu wa taala says bismillahir rahmanir rahim wad By the duha. So anything which Allah Allah swears by has great significance for the creation. The fact that the Lord of all the worlds has sworn Mm. by this time shows it's a very significant time, but it's a very neglectful time as well. People are engaged in their trade, work, whatever, but just for the sake of a few minutes, you're losing out on all these incredible blessings. So like I said, you should try to get in as often as possible, inshallah. Mm. So note Abu Hurairah was told to offer this prayer. He goes, Don't forget to offer this prayer, because I will never leave it. Abu Hurairah said, Radiallah. So returning to Abu Hurairah's worship, Radiallah. He said, My beloved friend Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam advise me to do three things. Hushem added that he said, Fala Ada Fala Ada Hatta Amout. I shall not leave them until I die to offer withal before going to sleep fasting for three days every month and performing ghusl on Fridays subhanAllah this is recorded in Ahmad in his musnad number 7138 7180 7459 four hundred fifty-seven, ten thousand one hundred eleven, 8457 10111 with a of transmission So, let's look at this Note again, he said, my beloved friend advised me to do three things. My Khalili. So he's showing his deep love for the Prophet And one of the narrators said that he added, ad ohunna hatta abu, I will not abandon them until I die. So even though the Prophet advised him, he goes, I will treat it as an obligatory deed. And he mentioned two which we mentioned yesterday. Wither before going to sleep. Fasting three days every month, but now there's a different thing he mentioned. And performing ghusl on Fridays. The Prophet instructed him, وسلم, because never miss the ghusl on a Friday. The ghusl or the obligatory bath or the full bath on Friday is stressed to such an extent that some of the blessed scholars, Rahimahumullah, have gone as far as to say, It is wajib. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Now think about that. The fact that some scholars, I don't want to go into it, but some scholars have said that it is a must to have a bath on a Friday. That in itself shows how important it is to have a ghusl. I'll mention one report. Uh, the hadith is in Sayyish Bukhari. And Umar who was uh, offering the Jummah, doing the khutbah. And Uthman, the third Khalif he comes in and he's late. So, Hazrat Umar stops the khutbah Allah, he goes, and he was upset. He goes, why are you late? And then he asked him, have you done ghusl? <laughs> and the report continues. Why did he ask you whether he did ghusl? What's he going to do with Umar Allah? <laughs> if someone is doing ghusl, that's between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this shows that this was something normal, common in the time of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu why is the bath regarded by most scholars as Sunnah? They don't call it an obligatory deed on the day of Jumma because there's a hadith. The hadith is in Abu Dawood, authentic. And Abdullah ibn Abbas, anh, he said that in the time of the Prophet people wore very simple clothes. They were simple people. So when they came to Jumma, the sweat would be soaked in those clothes and there would be like an odor. Kind of a bad order in the masjid, so the Prophet ﷺ told them you must have a bath when you come for the flight. But then Ibn Abbas said, When the Muslims were blessed with more wealth, more comfort, then he goes, The obligation was dropped. So, this explains why in the early period it was obligatory. So, Lord, we don't need to know the wisdom, but Ibn Abbas did explain it at the Allah What's the virtue? The Prophet ﷺ said in Tabarani, authentic, whoever performs a ghusl on a Friday, his sins are forgiven from the, his very roots of the hair. Mm-hmm. So how many hair have you got in your body? Mm-hmm. Right? From the very roots, Allah takes out your sins. So it's it's an excellent deed to do. And that doesn't even refer to Jummah in, in terms of salah. Mm-hmm. You just do the ghusl on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Then don't forget the ghusl can be done anytime on a Friday. Mm-hmm. The scholars point out it's better to do it before the Jum'a prayer because the Prophet linked it to the Jummah prayer. But because it's Friday, any time on Friday is fine. The other thing about this is that the best and most excellent thing to do on the day of Jummah, and I mentioned this many times, you have a bath on the day of Jum'a. You put on your clean clothes or your best clothes. You get some oil, whatever, you can put some oil, clean your know, comb your hair put on atar, the Prophet said, perfume, you know, so you smell pleasant. Use the miswak. And then you go early, the Prophet said, to the Jummah. And you walk. You walk early to the Jummah prayer. And then you sit close to the Imam. So obviously, depending upon the people, sit as close as him to possible. And you remain quiet. You don't do anything useless. love. Then the Prophet said, when the prayer is over, for each step that you took to the masjid, you get 355 days of fasting and 355 nights of tahajjit. Right? Now think about that. So one step, how quickly do you do one, you, know, you think it was a half a second? What have I acquired? <laughs> 355 days of fasting, 355 nights of tahajjit. The Prophet actually said, "A year, a year's fasting, a year's tahajid, But to get hit the point, I'm change, converting into days. That can only be acquired if you do what I've told you to do in the Hadith. And what's one of the components? You have a bath. So it's very important that you know you get into this habit of having a bath. But that reward can be lost or will be lost if you spoke, if you speak, uselessly. The Prophet said, even if you tell somebody to keep quiet, you've lost the rewards. You've done something useless. If somebody gives you salam, you can't return the salam. Forget about anything else. Returning the salams normally obligatory. But you can't during the time that the khutbah is taking place when the Imam is stood up. The khutbah, the obligatory khutbah, is when the Imam stands. So think about that. If you have a thousand steps, let's say to the masjid, you work here three hundred and fifty five thousand nights of dodged three hundred and fifty five thousand days of fasting for walking to the masjid and you you've got the ability to do that every week people ask these questions because what if I shorten my steps will I get more reward yes you will Abdullah <laughs> ibn the hadith is in Ibn sa in his tabaqat al sahaba because he would walk so slowly he would shorten his steps that an aunt would overtake him. So why on earth would this young companion, famous companion, walk you know, like this? And obviously he figured a speech an ant would overtake him because he wanted more steps. Why? Because each step is 355 nights of tahajjah and 355 days of fasting. It's not a joke. So even if you get one extra step, that's a tremendous. And ask those people who are fond of fasting and tahajjah, all The effort it takes a year and a year fasting, how much effort is needed? One step, or, or, if you live in the masjid, then there's a problem. This is a problem. But inshallah, make that intention, do what you do, you know, go uh, do everything you can. And inshallah, even if you get a couple of steps, maybe coming upstairs to downstairs, you'll get the reward. So, again, the important thing is get into a habit of doing that, and also if you tell others, you get their reward. So you, you could tell brothers, brothers, you know, they reward. Oh, just share. Like, I've shared it with you. So hopefully, inshallah, I'll get some reward as well. So again, this is, you know, why, how we're supposed to be acquiring the, the, the knowledge. So now think about this. What did Abu Hurairah say? My beloved advised me to do three things. What was one of the three things? Perform ghusl on Fridays. Notice the Prophet is not telling him, the you know, the virtues. He just did it. Because the Prophet, when he loves somebody, he gives them gifts. These are gifts. Wife, now you understand so partially why there's so much virtue in doing a ghusl and a filad, and there's also a point of fact I'll just mention it very briefly. Does it mean you need to have intimacy with your wife? Because one report, you know, mentions that you know, give your make your wife also have a bath. So if you do that, fine, I shall no problem. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. And there's actually a report indicating it doesn't refer to that you you know have to have intimacy with your wife. The ghusl is an, of an optional nature. That's an obligatory but, Right. So again, there's you know things that you can discuss later. So notice, he was very, very fond of these deeds and we should also have an attachment to them. Let's turn to another act of his worship. Sayyidina Abu huraira said, I do not love any illness more than fever. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it enters into every one of the limbs thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants each limb its share of reward subhanallah Mm -hmm. this is in Ibn Abi Shaiba in his Al Musannaf Bukhari's Allah Double Mufrad number 503 and Shaykh al-Bani stated sahih in his checking of Allah Double Mufrad so think about that how many illnesses are there that's the doctor you see those books they get out you know when they go what's your symptoms and you get that. what's he doing look how many illnesses there you know even he can't register it all you know, thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of illnesses. Abu Huraira radiya said, The illness I love more than any other illness is fever. And he explained, because fever goes into every limb. Isn't it true? The whole body gets hot. It gets nothing spared, right down to your toes. Every limb will get the share of its reward. And this is a hadith. So now explaining further. Intabrani in his Kabir, 1-169, half his Dibiyati in his Al-Majjar, No. 1,801. Obey Ibn Qa'ab, he said, Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what is the reward for fever? The Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam said, the person who is afflicted with it, is rewarded with good deeds, as long as his foot moves, or a vein strikes upon him. So, Obey immediately made dua. Radiallahu. He goes, Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I beg you for a fever which will not prevent me from going out in your path, going out to your house, nor going to the masjid of your Prophet. His grandson, Muhammad ibn Mu'ad ibn Obey ibn Qa'b, added, thus my grandfather, Obey ibn Qa'b, always had fever. That he had done. What did the Prophet say about fever? If you've got it, you keep getting good deeds until it goes. Next follow one question. What good deeds? You know, whatever it is, you know, you're getting paid for nothing. You know, we're asking them questions for. Huh? You know, sick no spiritual <laughs> sick, no, he, mashallah. Right? You got the spiritual sick, no, you don't know, think mashallah, whatever, alhamdulillah. Well, is the most generous, you can expect tremendous rewards so look at obey another sahaba he thought right fever he goes yeah look at how important his dua was he goes give me a fever but don't let it stop me from doing three deeds jihad hajj and umrah going to the masjid so that shows these three deeds are very very dear to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and notice fever doesn't stop you from doing other things you know people still come to the masjid you see a person they feel a bit under the weather is what's up? It's, it's got a a fever. But a person usually goes to work, you know, does his business. He doesn't really affect it unless it's really serious. Mm. Now, think about this. Note, it is not just sins which are graciously being forgiven by the almighty and glorious. When one has a fever, but good deeds are also being recorded. It's working on both sides of the scale. Mm. Think about that, right? Sins are being forgiven, getting wiped off. One report says, if I can remember correctly, uh, one day of one day of fever takes out a year of sins. If I can remember correctly, the hadith is in Tabarai. So sins are forgiven. That's not enough. You're getting rewarded in your good deeds. Both sides of the scales are being, you know, pulverized. Now, what's interesting? Obey Ibn Uqab always had fever. The report says that. So let me give you a proof of this. When Umar was the Khalif, so how many years after this incident was that? So this is the the time of the Prophet when he got the fever. So let's hazard a guess. How many years did he have it in the time of the Prophet? Let's say three years. You know, hazard a guess, three years, right? Umar's the Khalif. That's three years later. So now there's six years he's had fever. Halfway through his Khalifah, now that's twelve years altogether. He's at fever. Umar Radi he decides to send four companions as teachers throughout the Islamic world because Islam was spreading to non-Mus- uh, non-Muslim lands, and they wanted people to teach them. So Umar radhi got six sahaba together, and he told the six, four of you need to go. Decide amongst yourselves. Now what's interesting about this report it made me laugh. What would we do in that situation? This is you know, you've got to be honest. I think I can't go. I've got commitments. But this brother, he's not married. And this is the usual thing what happens, that person pulls himself out. The six were so noble that they told about others. So for instance, they went, Obey, Obey doesn't need to go because he's he's always ill. Uh, what was he ill? There's a report. Why did they say he's always ill? You know, people just read the report. Well, has, he, has he got chronic illness? What's he got? He just had fever all the time. So they use that as an excuse because he doesn't need to go. And Abu Ayyub is too old. Abu Ayyub at the time was about 70-something. So straight away, look how noble they were. They put all the brothers out of the... And then they put themselves forward. Who were, who were the ones who put themselves forward? Abu Darda, Mu'adi ibn Jabal. Obay ibn... No, there's, there's four. Ubad ibn al-Sabit. And there's another Sa'ab. They all went and they never came back. Look at their love for the command to share the deen with the, with the rest of mankind. So he was always had fever. Now think about it. If he's had fever for 12 years, what's happening to his scales? Like banging out all his sins if he's got any. Showering rain of good deeds. This is the Saab right and when we get fever you know we're just off our head straight away get paracetamol right what's up what are you paracetamol for well i can't function right but there's only fever let it run his course you don't know, want to knock out the fever that's taken out all the sins and he goes no brother you don't realize how i can't concentrate then you think "My oh, God, right, brother you don't have for the paracetamol. then you think will i still get the? what are you you this gone you had medicine right just let it run his course and what's interesting Fever, fever usually does not prevent one from other acts of worship and activities and it's not the main illness it's a bonus from the illness so for instance you got a flu that's the illness what's the symptom fever you don't say i got fever brother you got idiot it's fevers you know the bonus so if that's the reward for the bonus what is the reward for the illness you know think about it you get infection what happens severe fever <laughs> but that's not the illness because another oh, that's the uh, symptoms of the infection <laughs> you've got to give them antibiotics think, so, look how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is but yes you can get fever without illness that's possible as well but not is nobody that's not the case you get a headache yeah. fever <laughs> right your body starts heating up why because it's trying to fight off you know the illness yeah. but that is how precious it is now another report just to add this when fever came the Prophet he made dua he goes Ya Allah send the fever to Koba. Mm-hmm. so when the fever went to Koba, they all felt they all got fever <laughs> so they came they go, Ya Rasulullah we've all fall ill so the Prophet said, told them he goes oh this is the fever he goes Ya Rasulullah did you send fever to us he goes yes mm-hmm. and then they asked him why and then he told him they goes, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> right? So, why did Allah send the fever to Kuba? Because it's a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the Sahaba didn't know in Kuba. They thought, What's happened? Why have you all fallen ill all of a sudden? It was a blessing. So, mm-hmm. next time you get fever, look how trashy people start cursing it. Mm-hmm. Bloody got fever. Allah's shouting you with blessings. And you're coming out with, you know, you're effing What blindness. Allah got fever. Brother, you know, you know, you're walking around with mountains of sins and you don't, and you don't want to get forgiven. And Allah intervened. Why? You're not even asking forgiveness. It's Allah intervening, saying, I need to get his sins taken out. So when fever comes, Alhamdulillah, you know, you can treat fever. Don't go around saying, Brother Yusuf said, don't take paracetamol. Well, you can take it, no problem. But yeah, it's on the course. <laughs> and also, just to add, this is important when you get a cold or a flu, the fever helps to fight the cold and the flu. If you take medication, and the medication is taken at the fever, that means the cold and the flu will get worse. Or you'll take longer to get rid of. So even logically, why are you taking the paracetamol? Right? Paracetamol for everything. So all I mentioned today, again, was some other aspects of the worship of this great man, but I wanted to highlight some of the virtues, because I'm going through all these acts of worship of his, but what are the virtues? They must be virtues. And notice, we need to learn our deen. When you learn your deen, you start getting envious. You can't wave the fever now. You think, well, Imagine somebody, why is he wanting fever? You don't know. Able to, right? You don't know. You should learn your deen. It's a blessing from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Purifies Imagine a year's sins forgiven for a day of fever. Not a day, sorry, it was an hour an hour fever one year since forgiven and one of the scholars explained it he said you got 360 joints fever goes into every joint so for each joint you get a day since forgiven That's a year. look how beautiful the scholars go into these reports and say why do you get a year since forgiven for fever so again you know subhanallah Obey Ibn Iqab, the one who was called the man of fever he also did Durud Sharif non-stop he was called the man of the uh, Salat Salatul Nabi why There's a hadith in Tirmidhi Hassan And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said You should increase in your salat upon Obey So Obey goes Ya Rasulullah I told about it He says, I'll do half of my spare time I'll send salat upon Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He says If you increase it It's better So Obey's thing Then he goes A third of my time He says If you increase it It's better And then he went on And then he goes All of my spare time Ya Rasulullah The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said If you do that Obey Allah will take care of all your woodies in this world And the next Think about that Nothing left to be said You either got some problems in the world Allah will deal with it Or more importantly in the next Allah will deal with it But you, what is what must you do? Do Salat al-Nabi So obey Ibn Iqab Look at the state he was in All the time Salat al-Nabi In his spare time And fever <laughs> These were the men right why because they knew because we're here to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now you get crackpots they go oh brother you should to be promised why Because you should do zikr of allah because you crackpot the rule is zikr of allah hmm. because what's the first two words you say allahumma oh allah right because it's just just asking allah to send blessings upon the prophet but i'm benefiting both in this world and the next. So, again, you know, you go berserk with regards to these glorious uh, deeds. Are there any questions? Should ask? So, one to be one of the wa